From Optimized Health, this is the True Health Podcast, where we unlearn diet culture and personalize our health one tip and story at a time. If you haven't yet, please follow, subscribe, or download this show on your preferred podcasting platform. Leave a five-star rating and a review, and if you like it, share it with a friend, as all of this helps the show reach and ultimately help more people. Thank you all so much for listening. Today, we are talking about staying full and rethinking portion control. This is something I have very specific strategies that I want to share today. There's specific concepts and tools that I am very confident will be helpful wherever you are on your journey. Um, There's three or four specific concepts that I use with my coaching clients as well as just examples of things that I think are going to hopefully sound obvious once I say them, but maybe it's a different way um, than you've been approaching your eating behavior at the moment. So I'm excited to jump into it. Very quickly before we jump in, I just want to share that we are running our New Year's January health coaching special, which is our only discount of the year. Uh, If you sign up now through the end of January for health coaching with us, you get 40% off your first month. Again, this is the only discount, the only special, the only promo, the only anything like that that we do all year. So if you or a friend maybe might be interested in learning more, you can go to optimizedhealthcoaching.com, click book a consultation. Uh, You schedule it's a 30-minute consultation with me where you and I just chat casually. I learn more about your background, your goals, kind of where you're at, share more about our approach and our coaching work, and see if it might be the right fit for you. And if it is, you're paired with either myself, Maddie, or Katie, the other amazing coaches on our team, whichever coach uh, is the best fit for you, pick your start date, and we get to work. So again, optimizedhealthcoaching.com. It's 40% off through the end of January for you, a friend, anybody that comes to mind. The only other thing I want to mention, which we just announced a few days ago, is Coach Maddie's next round of her female hormone health group program was just announced a couple days ago. This will be her third time running this group program. Every time, um, it's been really special to see the results and the information and the feedback we've gotten from people. Maddie is not only certified as an integrative health coach, but she's also certified as a female hormone health specialist. So in the program, it's an eight-week program um, where you will talk through and learn about things like uh, the different phases of your cycle and the nutrition, movement, and stress protocols for each phase of the four phases of your menstrual cycle, things like cycle syncing, talking through tons of deeper dives into all things understanding and balancing your female hormones. Um, You can learn more also on our website, optimizedhealthcoaching.com there if that is of interest to you. It begins in early February. Okay, so let's jump into what we are discussing today. Um, So we are talking about staying full and portion control and kind of a way to rethink it. And like I said, there's a couple specific concepts I'm going to share. So just to jump into it, the biggest challenge or misconception people typically have when they begin any sort of health program, diet, journey, whatever you want to call it, insert any word you want, is that they have bought into some sort of narrative at some point that they just simply don't have enough discipline. 
That's the most common thing I hear from anybody is like, I know what to do, I just don't have the discipline to do it. It's like, well, I don't know if that's true. I think there's probably more going on than just that, right? It's the story is, well, I need to just look at this food and just have a little more discipline or I need to go to this social setting and just not eat the thing I want to eat or I need to go through my normal life as I have been and just eat a little bit less. And um, if it were that easy, everybody would be doing it. And I think, you know, I end every single one of these episodes, actually, with a sentence that is all about this. I end every one of my podcast episodes with, as some of you know, instead of relying on discipline or willpower in an unhealthy environment, create your healthy environment. That sentence speaks to everything we're touching on today. So when we think about um, unlearning that kind of messaging that we've received around just being weak or lack of willpower or discipline or motivation, you know, what can we do instead of that? Like if we are working on removing that line of thinking, what do we replace it with? So the first concept I want to talk about is one I've done a full episode about. I think it was actually my first or second or third episode ever on the podcast. So it's episode one, two, or three. So if you want, you can do a deeper dive into it. Uh, But the concept is called crowding out. So a huge piece of the psychology of our relationship with food, the psychology of our relationship with our body is around switching the negative thoughts that are around restriction or maybe exercise-wise around feeling as small as possible and thinking more abundant, thinking more about what should I be eating more of? What should I be loading up on my plate? What can I load up with in the gym? Like all of these places where you're coming from a place of strength and power and growth and energy and not from a place of deprivation and feeling small and restricted. The idea of crowding out is instead of focusing on the specific foods that we are quote unquote restricting or avoiding or minimizing or limiting, we're focusing on what do we need to be eating more of? And this mindset shift, what happens from this mindset shift is you start focusing on eating more food and as a result, without even thinking about it, you end up eating less of certain foods that are probably not aligned with your goals just as a side effect, as a result, but it's not the main thing you're focused on. And when it's not the main thing you're focused on, that lack of restriction totally revamps the way you approach your health uh, to begin with. So an example of crowding out might be saying, I'm going to eat more protein, which we're going to talk about, more fiber, which we're going to talk about. I'm going to eat more veggies. I'm going to make sure 50% of my lunch and dinner are veggies, or I'm going to make sure I'm having X amount of protein at each meal. You know, and you start setting these goals. I'm going to drink X bottles of water, X ounces of water per day. You start focusing on goals of I'm trying to hit my water goals, hit my protein goals, hit my veggie goals. You're actually focused on eating more. Like, how do I get more? That's pretty rare for most people when it uh, is in relation to how they view any sort of health journey. It's usually about less. We're focusing on more. And as a result, certain things fall out of your plate, but you're not really thinking about it. It just kind of naturally happens. So an example I often share is there was one client I worked with who was like addicted to soda. She was drinking like eight to 12 sodas a day. 
And if we were to go in and just say, all right, well, soda's bad, so no more soda, that's like an unbelievable, unsustainable switch to just jump into. So we set a water goal. I forget the exact number of ounces, but whatever it was, it was, hey, have as much soda as you want, as you can, load up as much as you want after you've drank, you know, X ounces of water per day. So all of a sudden, it became sort of a game, a challenge. This person who wasn't drinking virtually any water would go days or even weeks at a time without drinking much water at all, um, started drinking tons of water every day, and she felt so much better and more energized and honestly more full, too, from the water that she was still drinking soda every day, but it became, you know, a couple of them a day instead of a dozen, which is massive for transforming health. And if we would have just said, hey, so does the enemy, so does evil, don't have it, it's horrible for you, that's not really helpful in information at that stage of that person's journey. So that's an example, veggies are an example. So crowding out, so you can take this into your own life, what are we gonna add in? Yes, as a result, things are gonna get cut out or pulled back, but that's not our focus. That should be uh, happening as a side effect. Now, where do we look? So that's number one, crowding out. Number two is, okay, well, if our goal here is staying full, right? So this is anybody, it doesn't have to be that you're looking to lose weight. This definitely works if you are looking to lose weight, but it could be just maintaining your energy levels. It could be just feeling a little bit better and more energized throughout the day, or it could be feeling full and good and satisfied and just not really thinking about food all day. Uh, in whatever whatever regard. So beyond crowding out, which types of foods can we look at that keep us full and which foods can we look at that we can kind of eat forever and never get full or eat kind of almost dissociate and eat very quickly and eat tons of without thinking about it. So that gets into the next concept, which is nutrient density. So nutrient density, and some of you may know this, some of you may not, Nutrient density is essentially the ratio between nutrients and calories in a food. So it's like how, how many nutrients are packed into each calorie of that food. So our body, this is a good way to look at it in kind of its a most simple form, is that your body runs on lots of nutrients, right? There's macronutrients, which are proteins, fats and carbs, there's micronutrients, vitamins and minerals, there's a ton of those, all this kind of stuff, right? Our body needs all of these things in different amounts to function as a human being. Um, so those are our nutrients that we need, right? So we wanna pack in nutrients. If you are eating foods that are high amount of nutrients, your body is getting the actual fuel it needs. So it's going to the gas station, it's filling up on the fuel it actually needs and then performing properly. When you are eating foods that might be high in calories, but low in nutrients, your body isn't tricked by that, right? So when you eat foods that might be high in calories, low in nutrients, you can often eat tons of those foods because your body, even though you're eating a good amount of calories, your body's sitting there going, hey, we're still at the, at the pump. We still need that gas at the gas station. Why aren't you giving us the fuel we actually need? 
And so that's where it's very easy to eat a ton of, or like you might find it with fast food sometimes. If, if you've eaten that, like you'll be, eat a bunch, eat a Big Mac, eat whatever, you're stuffed for a second, and then like 20 minutes later, you're still hungry. Your body needs these nutrients. You can't really trick it. Um, so what we want to think about, if our goal is rethinking portion control and not being in a situation where we're feeling uh, like we're relying on discipline and willpower throughout the day, beyond crowding out, let's think about nutrient density. What are the foods that are going to be highest in nutrients that our body needs because when our body gets those nutrients, we're going to be full and satisfied and good. Um, and the best places to look for the most nutrient-dense foods, number one, and this is statistics, this is data, not my opinion, this is just the facts, is animal protein. Animal protein is the highest nutrient-density food, specifically things like organ meats and livers. I know not everybody's eating liver every single day, um, but animal protein is packed with nutrients. And another place to look are um, whole unprocessed fruits and vegetables, as well as some other um, high fiber foods that we're gonna talk about in a second. So all of a sudden, combining these things together, we've got the concept of crowding out, which asks us, well, what should we be loading up on? And then we pair that with, well, what are the most nutrient dense foods so that our body's gonna get the nutrients it needs, say, thank you, I'm good, and then that's gonna help keep us satisfied. When we pair those things together, well, the answer to what should we be using crowding out for might be high protein and high fiber foods. That kind of answers the question of what would we be dropping into our crowding out concept. Now, when we think about this, the other thing is um, high satiety foods. Satiety is essentially what keeps you satisfied, foods that keep you full. It's kind of the same thing we're talking about. Um, and they've done studies. I actually have one open in front of me on the index of the most filling foods. And this is going to prove exactly what I was just saying. They found the most filling foods, and I'm reading this on my computer right now. Number one were foods that were high in protein. Number two were foods that were high in fiber. And three is low in energy density, meaning um, calories for its weight, which we don't have to get into the specifics of that for the moment. But the idea is that whole unprocessed foods high in protein or fiber are generally more filling than processed foods. Um, that's what it says here. Okay, the number one, this is a perfect example. So when we think about whole unprocessed foods, especially if you are kind of beginning your health journey, this is the best place to start. Am I eating real food or not? That immediately, like generally speaking, if you are eating real food, i.e. food where the ingredient or ingredients um, are things you know, but also if the name of the food is the ingredient, right? So for example, what are the ingredients in broccoli? It's a weird question. It's just broccoli. What are the ingredients in uh, salmon. Well, it's salmon. What are the ingredients in a potato? Well, it's a potato. Okay, what are the ingredients in potato chips? Well, now everything changes. I have no idea what the ingredients are in potato chips. I couldn't tell you. And that is the perfect example when you ask about 
processed versus unprocessed foods, and also thinking about fiber, by the way, but look at potatoes versus potato chips. So on this index, the study shows the number one most filling food in the world are boiled potatoes. Number one most filling food in the world are boiled potatoes. Uh, they studied 38 foods that were tested in this. Um, fun fact, the lowest, uh, the, the food that got the lowest score on most filling were croissants. Uh, boiled potatoes were seven times more filling than croissants. So croissants are the lowest ranked food in the world as far as uh, keeping you full, which makes sense because I could probably eat a hundred of them without even thinking of it. Um, anyway, okay, putting this back, back together here. So when we're thinking about this nutrient density, we're thinking about potatoes versus potato chips. I could sit and eat a bag of potato chips in five minutes without thinking. I'm not really gonna do that with a roasted potato, right? Like picture putting a potato in the oven, you're not really gonna eat more than one of those. And then you're full. You're not only like, okay, I should probably stop, I should have discipline. You're like, I can't eat more. Other foods, high in fiber foods, which we're gonna get to in a second. Foods that are high in fiber keep you super full as well. Fiber is generally found in whole unprocessed fruits, whole unprocessed vegetables, as well as other things like beans of all kinds. Um, berries are great. Raspberries, I think, are the highest of any fruit. Um, oats, avocado, chia seeds, all of these are great and high-fiber foods. And when you think of all those foods, you can just picture being full eating them. When you think of a bowl of oatmeal, you're stuffed from eating that bowl of oatmeal. High-fiber, right? When you think about fruit, whole unprocessed foods, if you're looking for a snack, you're not really going to go and accidentally have five apples. You're going to have one, and then you're kind of good, right? And the same thing happens with protein, which is the other place we should be looking. Um, I'm going to do a whole other podcast that's specifically like everything you should know about protein, so I'm not going to go so far into protein today, but protein would be the first place I would look when thinking about what we should probably be increasing with all of this in mind. Protein and fiber, I would put as the top two we're focused on. Um, same sort of thing happens with protein, right? I've talked about this before, which is protein, this is very important. It's not just for building muscle. It's not just for muscle recovery and being a bro and having biceps and all this kind of stuff that we often associate with it. Um, protein fuels every cell in your body. So it really not only helps with just the functioning of your body as a whole, it helps with your energy as well. And when we think again, back to our focus for today's conversation, which is portion control, crowding out nutrient density, okay, let's load up on protein, load up on fiber. Similar to what I just said about potatoes and potato chips, let's put it in the context of protein. So something that might be like a high carb food, for example, like let's say pasta. I could eat a bag of pasta without thinking about it. I could inhale the whole thing in two minutes before I even sit down at the table. I could eat a pound of rice, no problem. Nobody is accidentally having their sixth filet of salmon. Nobody's accidentally having four chicken thighs and going, oh my God, I didn't realize I've, I've had a pound of chicken thighs. I didn't even realize that. Nobody's doing that. And that's exactly what we're getting at with all of this, which is our goal for this conversation when you're trying to adjust portions is not to say, 
how do I just look at the same foods I've always looked at and eat a little bit less? No, we have to change the food that's on your plate and load up on the foods that are gonna keep us full and satisfied. Not the foods that are just quote unquote healthy because these are what a wellness influencer on TikTok told us we're supposed to eat. We need to actually feel full at the end of our meals. Our goal is not to stop while we're still hungry and bite our fingernails and stare at the wall in misery all afternoon. Our goal is to feel satisfied, good, enjoy, and love our food and feel nourished and positive and simultaneously as a side effect, cut back on some of the foods that make us feel bad or don't align with our health goals. So again, high protein, animal protein of all kinds. If you're a plant-based eater, you can lean, I would lean hard into uh, tofu there, tempeh. Those are kind of really high protein options. Um, Eggs are fantastic for you, uh, including the yolk. It's all good, I promise. Um, eggs are great for you. And again, high fiber. So whole fruits and veggies, beans, oats, avocado, and chia seeds are great places to look there. So putting all of this together, I know I've kind of gone in different directions, but I want to kind of simplify and streamline all of this. If our goal is to remove that idea of discipline and willpower and not just stare at the same plates of food and eat a little bit less, we need specific protocols and strategies in place. The first one is crowding out. You start by asking the question, what do I need more of in my diet? What do I need more of in my water intake, my hydration? And again, the next piece after you ask that question is, well, I'm going to look for the foods that are going to keep me satisfied and full i.e. the highest nutrient density foods. I'm going to plug into my crowding out question. The answer is looking at nutrient dense foods. Now, what are the nutrient dense foods? Those are most likely going to be foods that are high in protein and high in fiber. So putting all this together, you're crowding out with nutrient dense foods like foods that are high in protein of all kinds and high in fiber. What ends up happening is we are eating probably even more food than you might be currently. Definitely more food than you ever have in a past on like a cleanse or challenge or super restrictive anything. So we're actually eating a good amount of food, but we're eating foods that are going to be high in nutrients, making our body smile and happy and filling it up at the gas tank with the right fuel And they also happen to be cutting out those typically um, very unprocessed foods or high carb is often what ends up kind of falling back. Not to say remove carbs, but you're probably eating a little bit less carbs as a result of eating more of these other uh, foods like protein, fruits, and vegetables. The last piece I want to talk about Uh, is setting up the environment for success. So beyond the actual foods itself, now the question becomes, when we apply this, I always talk about practical wellness. How do we put this into your actual life? And a couple key things that I just want to touch on quickly. The first is looking at your environment at home, right? So obviously, if you want to eat more of these foods, we have to start with your grocery list. We have to consider if you're living with other people, partners, kids, whatever, What do those people eat? Are there conversations that need to be had between you and anybody else in your house? 
around your specific health goals, your specific health needs? Do you need to put a little bit more intention and thought and planning into mapping out meals, recipes that really focus on these high fiber, high protein foods? I would also look at how you're stocking your cabinets and your fridge. Um, I know it sounds specific, but if you open your fridge and the first thing, so literally arranging foods in order of what you want to see and what you want to eat is really important. So let's say you have some foods in your fridge that are in line with everything we're talking about today and align with your health goals. Put those at the front. Make those the first thing. Make it easiest to grab those. The stuff in the back of the fridge that sometimes we even forget about, make the stuff that feels a little dicey or a little not quite in line with what we're talking about back there. It sounds so small, but it makes a difference. If you're trying to cook more, for example, every morning while your coffee's brewing, you could put out a cutting board, you could put out some seasoning, you could put out a knife, you could put out whatever makes it look kind of aesthetically pleasing or just makes it more in reach so that throughout your inevitably busy day, it's a little bit more likely and a little bit more easier that your environment's gonna support you making that change, taking that action, and doing that healthy behavior. And the last thing, uh, which there's much too deep to get into fully, but I always talk about and it's worth saying here, is just like we're talking about your home environment and setting it up that way, I want you to also think about your environment. Stay with me, this is a little heady, but stay with me. I want you to think of your environment as a web. Like if you are a spider, you are creating this web and that web is all your calendar plans, all your meetings, all the windows of time you've carved out for yourself or not carved out for yourself. Yes, it's the groceries and the things in your house, but it's also your typical patterns and associations and triggers you have with food and drinks. For example, so beyond the home environment, thinking here, we're talking about identifying the triggers that challenge you. So for example, if you were trying to cut back on beer and you are somebody who loves football and generally speaking, when a football game is on, you're having a beer. When we talk about discipline and willpower, when we talk about discipline and willpower, it would be really hard to say, okay, nothing changes. I'm going to go day one tonight and go watch my football game and just not have anything. That would be tricky because the trigger is sitting on that couch to watch the game that triggers a pattern of having a beer. All of a sudden, you start craving a beer. Whereas if there wasn't a game on, you might not be thinking about beer, right? So the trigger in that case is the game and the response is grabbing the beer. So you might wanna set up your environment to know in advance, my trigger is this. And instead of relying on discipline or willpower, I'm gonna plan ahead and have a LaCroix instead. So I'm gonna go to the grocery store and put that LaCroix at the front of the fridge and get the beer out of the house. Whatever that version of that example is for you, you have to kind of self audit and examine and just notice it. It takes some time, it's hard work, you know, don't beat yourself up. But noticing your triggers is a huge step to this process and everybody has them. So putting it all together, last time, I'm just saying it again. The misconception is that you just need more discipline. You're gonna look at crowding out, asking the question of what am I adding more of in my, my eating plan, in my diet. Answering that question with, well, I want more nutrient-dense foods with high satiety, 
That would be high protein and high fiber foods most likely, as well as whole unprocessed foods versus processed foods. Specifics are protein and fiber, and we're gonna focus on our groceries and meal plans and ideas of what we wanna eat around those foods. Loading up on those, now you're eating throughout the day just as much if not more as you have in the past, but you're eating foods that provide your body the energy it needs, the fuel source it needs to stay happy without overeating, which solves your portion control problem right there. And then the last piece is you're setting up your environment for success in two ways. Number one is your home environment physically. What groceries are there? How are they arranged? And number two is psychologically, which is identifying your triggers and responses to those triggers. I know. It's a lot. It's a lot, but it's also not a lot. It's four specific things we just went through. So I hope that was helpful for everybody. Um, you know, this idea of portion control, I think, and I could rant about this forever, a huge piece of the wellness industry, this kind of big wellness, corporate wellness world that we all live in, makes you feel inadequate. It makes you feel like you are not enough. It feel makes you feel like everybody else has discipline and is crushing all their goals, and I'm not. And it's just not true. It's really not true. And you have to think, you know, if a lot of what was going on in the wellness world, the fitness world, all the stuff was actually correct and actually helping people, then there would be a direct correlation between the growth of the wellness industry and the health rates of the population. And there's actually an inverse response to that. So if you look at any study over the last several years, the wellness industry has grown hugely and um, we are the least healthy we've ever been. So if what you were actually hearing from most wellness influencers and most things online and all this kind of stuff were true, the population would be getting healthier and they're not. So I want you to just notice that for a second, sit with that for a second. And instead of focusing on, well, I'm, I'm inadequate, I need more discipline, it's like, no, 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 let's rethink the whole thing. That's actually the better way to approach this. So I will end with it here, uh, even though I touched on it earlier, and say that instead of relying on discipline or willpower in an unhealthy environment to create your healthy environment. Thank you so much. And I hope you got something from this episode. To support the podcast, the easiest and most helpful thing you can do is to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and leave a five-star review and or comment. To learn more about my work, visit optimizedhealthcoaching.com where you can get a sense of our integrative health coaching work, any events or programs happening, and book a free consultation with me. You can also follow us, follow us on Instagram at Optimized Health Coaching or me personally at Ethan Schiff. Thank you so much, and I will see you next week.